An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm your host, Will Meldman, with my co-host, Brock O'Hearn. A.K.A. Kane. <laughs> we're back we're live we're back and we're live that's my line dude i didn't know you wanted that line <laughs> spencer cut roll it back run it back welcome just kidding here we go we are sitting here as you'll see uh in a new area we're in a new area um we sh- we've shifted we've, we've shifted what would, you, what would you say we went about uh, Technically, I think we probably went about six feet to the south. It's, it's actually probably more east. East. Yeah, east. Yeah. That's the west coast. The ocean's right there. Um, we had Northeast. a very special weekend. Um, I can genuinely say that it exceeded all of my expectations. And... Um, you know, I was thinking back on that conversation we were having before, and we can get into this a little bit later. We don't have to like start with this, but we were just talking about how we're looking forward to that sense of community, you know, and with everything going on in the world, and it's going to be nice to just interact with people and meet new people and yeah. enjoy each other's company and, and talk about uh, the nerdy stuff we all love and don't you think we accomplished that? Because I, I really feel like we did. Yeah, I mean, you get Comic-Con, for example, is such a cool community of people that all care, maybe not necessarily about the exact same thing, but pretty much the same thing. Like all, all the genre of fun comic books, TV shows, like everything in that world, anime, manga. Um, that's the common thread that brings everyone together there, I feel. But also, it's like... I feel like I, when I was walking through there, I was, it, it kind of felt like it was the safest place you could be, you yeah. know, because the people are so nice. Uh, there's a bunch of nerds like us walking around, and I say that proudly with a, with a chip on my shoulder. Um, 
everyone's doing cosplay. They're sharing things that they love. They got booths that they're, you know, presenting things that companies and, and new products, launching new comics, you know, like there's so much diversity there. Um, but it's all a common thread. And, and, and the, the fans and the people included in that, I just feel like you're so, you, when you say community, it, it feels like that. It feels like a community, you know, it's fun. It was a lot of fun. 100%. And, you know, we'll get into more specifics for sure, but I'm, I'm glad you felt that way too, because I, I kind of thought about that today as we're kind of winding down and coming off the high of the weekend. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful thing. It, it was uh, L.A. Comic Con. We owe you one because that was that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, started Thursday with loading the trailer in, um, getting the booth set up. We had Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the event, and then packed up on Monday. Thursday, we were in the car line for about two, two and a half hours. Yeah. Just to get in to drop our stuff off and. It actually wasn't even the event's fault. It was, you know, the auto show beforehand mm. had gone on way too long. Um, and they were late getting out of there. So, you know, made it a little more interesting and more of a mission that we had to accomplish as a team with Spencer. And Yeah. I think that that was the day that we had the most traffic getting down there, too. I think it took us like an hour and a half, hour 45. What should have been, I would say, like probably a 45-minute drive, maybe less. You know, uh, I think we got there in like 30 minutes one day. So almost two hours to get there, two hour line. Then you, then we had the struggle of getting in there because no one expected us to have a giant trailer studio, uh, w which was one of my favorite parts of the show is being able to get that in there and people seeing that and then us recording podcasts in there. But you were being so hard on yourself for taking two tries to back it in. When any normal human being would have taken 30 if they could do it at all. No, see, here's the thing. I did it right the first time, both times. But I did it off the direction that the guy gave me. And then they're like, you want to redo it? I'm like, well, then why'd that guy tell me to stay in that dang line? I, did you see I was an inch in that white line that he told me to stay in? And I, I really should have been closer to the, to the middle. But I, Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with you. You did. You went straight back. You like that was the hard part is like going straight back and you did that. But you're right. The guy on the other side of me was telling you that you were like, you know, good space away from the wall, but you were Yeah. So but <laughs> all in all, yeah, that was my first time even back in that trailer and actually and there wasn't really much space given the fact that they were setting up all of Comic Con. So there were just you know, forklifts and chairs and it was just madness all over the place. But it was so fun. It was so fun getting in there and getting to see the booths for the first time. We pretty much had our own row there. Um, there were like five booths set up that you were like maneuvering it through. It was crazy. Yeah, they were telling me to do stuff that was impossible. I was like, it's not. Yeah, what was your line to Roger that oh, I yeah. love more than anything? It was it was uh, an optics thing or or physics. It was, it was something oh, I was like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's well, there's marketing and then there's physics. Yeah, and the physics didn't allow us to magically plop in the middle of the aisle. Just there was just so many things to maneuver around that it's not physically possible the way a trailer moves and the way you back up a truck. What do you think my truck and trailer combined uh, equal out to? Fifty feet, probably more. Oh yeah, it, it combined. So imagine backing something up fifty feet. It's like it's it's. It was fun though. I had fun doing it and it looked great when we got in there. 
And then we got out, we got set up the next day and we were rocking. So I, I think what we're saying though is it wasn't, even though it was set up and it looked amazing, it took a little bit of effort, a little bit of elbow grease to get it done on the first day. For sure. And like, you know, it's a pretty out there idea that we were playing with and accomplished of getting a massive RV trailer in the middle of the uh, floor on, on Comic-Con. So I'm proud of us for doing that. And um, without your expert driving skills, we wouldn't have been able to do it. I just, I feel like it's, uh, it's, a, some, it's a skill set I learned from my uncle early on. He was, uh, he's one of those guys that's just good at everything, you know? Every, everything that like man stuff yeah man stuff he can just do all the man stuff and so i just take his lead and he taught me well and um i feel like that's something you know that's a good good little thing to have under your belt a little notch to have on your belt drive a trailer correctly yeah know? i just wish i had a backup camera as funny as that sounds because i feel like it's more of a you know badge of honor not not use one but it's kind of nice to have one i'm not gonna lie yeah it would have been definitely would have helped the um and by the way Big shout out and thank you to, um, you know, Hayden and Klaus and the whole Comic-Con team for even letting us do that, right? Yeah. Like, thank you guys for taking a risk on that and um, letting us do the trailer because I think, you know, the amount of people walking by and uh, fans of Brock and, you know, people talking to us about the comic and getting autographs, like, the amount of people that commented on how unique and cool it was um, was pretty was pretty um, astonishing. So that was you know props to them for letting us do it, right? Yeah, I think yeah it was really cool, and I think it was very clear that we were the only ones doing something like that. Um, and it garnered so much attention that you know we had other people coming up trying to get their you know talent or friends or whatever whoever it was uh, as a guest on the podcast. If, if only we had more time. Really was the, was the thing is that we were busy from start to finish every single day. And so we packed our schedules and maximized, I would say, uh, Comic-Con. And, oh, and yeah. even to the point where I feel like even you and I wanted to network even more. We, we networked quite a bit, and it was really great. And I think we had awesome, genuine connections with so many people. But I don't even remember having the luxury of walking around Comic-Con uh, because of our schedule, which is, which is a great thing. Yeah, we were commenting that on uh, on Saturday. We're like, damn, we're not even going to have a, too much time to walk around and, and um, get some B-roll and, and meet a bunch of new people. Even though we were meeting so many new people as we were doing the things we were doing, right? But mm -hmm. like, it would have been nice to have a little bit of free time to walk around the floor. In, in 2024, we will have clones. Right. We will divide and conquer. What, how many how many do you want? How many would you want? Like three, four? Clones? Yeah. Uh, I'll take six. Take seven. Well, with me that would be seven. <laughs> so you'll have eight. There'll, um, be, there'll be eight of you walking around. Attack of the clones. <laughs> and one of them's just gonna be getting food for us the whole time. <laughs> food clone. Yeah. Specific jobs. So Friday, yeah. get there, trailer set up. Your fans are coming up to you. People are starting to arrive. It opens late. opens at 3 p.m. Uh, we're there with Spencer. To Spencer's credit, man, he did an epic job like getting that thing rigged. We had those cool like sticky things where you put them on the wall of the trailer and the cameras rest on them. 
those are freaking awesome. It, it reminds yeah. me of that game Splinter Cell with the sticky yeah. cam. Yeah. You like the gun that you shoot yeah. and it sticks the camera to the wall. I, I would just give a little shout out to Ram Mounts for that one. They're the ones who made them. Ram um, Ram Mounts. Yeah, and I re I originally hit them up uh, because I saw Stevo. He's the only other person I've seen in any kind of mobile setup, not even a trailer, a van. Jackass Steve-O? Jackass Steve-O, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just calling him a jackass. I was like, no, not, no. Yes, yes, that one. Um, but he has those same ones in his setup, and that's where I got the idea, honestly. And oh, yeah. then it worked out perfectly because they are solid. I mean, you're, we were mounting some decently heavy, you know, DSLR cameras on there uh, with big lenses, and, they, and it stayed, stayed fine. One of them we set up. A week ago, two weeks ago, and it never even fell off. It stayed on. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Know that. So pretty solid, good stuff. With all the driving too. Yeah, yeah. So pretty. I think Ram Ram mounts make some good stuff. If that, if anybody wants to go that direction, otherwise, I don't know who else does something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll put the link in the um, description for sure. Um, and yeah, and Friday ended up really becoming more of a setup day for everybody, and then a little intro and. Um, Saturdays when things start to really take off. Yeah, and and I would say comparatively to last year when we went, um, I think Saturday is the big day. Yes. You know, uh, Friday, especially being a late later start, I feel like maybe so many people didn't come. There was a good amount of traffic, foot traffic there for sure. There was a lot of people, but Saturday was like I felt like everyone who who bought a ticket was there at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. visibly more crowded saturday right massive yeah massively so saturday was a big day saturday is a big day we get there early so we get to the trailer slash the rogue matter booth um quick shout out to rogue matter the comic studio um we partnered with for kane and they have a bunch of other amazing comics and amazing artists and editors and team and um we basically had our Studio 22 trailer right next to the large double Rogue Matter booth. So when we weren't, the like very limited free time we had, like, you know, setting up or waiting for the next thing, we would go to the Rogue Matter booth and sign comic books, sell comic books, take pictures. So we head over to Klaus and Hayden's booth. Y'all will remember Hayden Michael from our podcast he came on and we were talking about comic-con with him and we were talking about quid with them and we did a really fun hour-long meet and greet over there brock had a ton of fans coming up to him um i got to talk to some cool people about the comic book and make some really cool connections with people that can do some amazing things with graphic design and 3d stuff and a lot more to come there but yeah they had this fortune teller thing where they were like, Brock, you got to try this fortune teller. So Brock goes up and? Yeah, the guy read my fortune. <laughs> um, what, what did he say? He said something. It was, it's this comedian inside, but they have this digital render of an of a avatar. Uh, they all have like one eye, right? But um, the avatar, he, he, they showed me the inside, how it works. It's so crazy. It's, it's fully, uh, you, can, you can make it move in any direction and make it basically do all kinds of different things. And then also... A guy's sitting in there watching you. He sees everything. And then reads your fortune. And my fortune was something along the lines of starring in the first ever action comedy sitcom. I see a sitcom in your future. Or? Yeah, it's an action sitcom. The first that's ever been done. Come 
on board with that. Well, good, because it will happen. The mighty snake has spoken. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that is actually kind of low-key a genius idea. Like, I, think of that. You have all this comedy. Imagine, like, I, I don't know if I, I, maybe I would put it in, like, a Deadpool ring, you know? like right um or arena or whatever you want to call it and then you have all this crazy action in the middle of it or even comedy in the action you know mcgruber yeah or the boys kind of i guess boys made me a little more serious but still funny mcgruber mcgruber's great um but there's maybe there's something there so hopefully if anybody's watching this and you make shows maybe you make that show and then we go we go do it otherwise please don't steal that from us <laughs> i like that fortune i like that fortune yeah what was we, yours what was your fortune I asked if I was going to get married. Oh, wow. And he said yes in like three or four years. And I go, oh, okay, well, that's... You will get real married in four and a half years. Oh, that's great news. No. We'll see. We'll see if um, my mission to start a family succeeds by then. That's, you never I mean, know. That's a pretty awesome timeline to find. I'll be uh my baby will be a TV show and yours will be getting married. You'll be having a baby while I am on a my baby will be being made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess if that makes any sense. That'd um, be nice. But yeah, okay. Well shoot, dude. Who's gonna be your best man? <laughs> <laughs> we went from I'm not even gonna be invited, watch. I'm changing no dude, Hunter's I know, Hunter's I know, the best I know. man. You for know sure. I was his best man. That's tight. Um, but groomsmen. Oh, dude! Come on, I like that. If I can find a chick that's crazy enough to marry me, first off, like that—that's got to happen first and foremost. I would say, choose your words wisely on that one, because there's plenty of crazy out here. <laughs> Touche. Um, from Klaus's booth, we went to uh, we went back to our trailer. Before that, we met somebody. Oh yeah, we met Janicia. Right next to Hayden and Klaus's booth was Janicia Adams Ginyard, and she played female Cartman mm. in the newest South Park Pandaverse special, and she's one of the Dora Milaje Black Panther female guards. Yeah. Um, and she was in the Black Panther films and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like She was yeah. one of the main stunt women there, and I got to talk to her for like 20 minutes about working with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, which is like one of my dreams. Um, those guys are geniuses. They've won like 15 Tony Awards, Emmys, um, and they're hilarious first and foremost. But they're also highly intelligent and have found a way to remain relevant for Decades. basically my entire life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Janicia was great, right? Oh, she was awesome. Um yeah, I thought it was pretty funny the first time we met her. Uh, and you said, what are you, because you, uh, she had blue and then she also had red and yellow. Uh, but she had the UCLA colors and the USC colors. You know, are you a Bruins or are you a Trojan? Like, what are you? And she's like, I'm female Cartman. And you're like, oh. That was pretty good. <laughs> Which was even better because she like looked like exactly like her character. Um, but you, you don't think to like put that together, right? Oh, yeah, like, you would have yeah. to know that. Yeah, that's not like, and it's a newer character too, right? So. Um, but it made sense when you looked over at her poster and, and you see uh, 
see that character. Um, but yeah, dude, actress, voice actor, uh, incredible stunt woman, and just a really sweet, awesome, awesome woman all around. And so we're going to get her on the podcast um, eventually. Uh, but she's cool, man. She's really cool. It was nice meeting her. Yeah. That'd be great to comment below if you want to talk to her about Marvel and South Park. I mean, come on. Okay, I will. I guess I guess I'll go comment. <laughs> I sh- I, now I'm definitely going to go comment in the, in the comments on this one. Um, yes, and after that, we went back to the trailer, and we we spent a little bit of time again at the Rogue Matter booth, selling a few more comics and and interacting uh, with fans and talking with Clown from Slipknot, mm-hmm. um, Sean Crahan, mm-hmm. and. You know, there's a lot going on there, but he's a great guy, and his booth was right next to ours, and all that. So it was just really cool, and the the you know more stuff there. But we had our guest of honor come in, another Studio Twenty Two veteran, Linz <laughs> Hepner. Yep, yeah, Lindsay Hepner, Linz. She goes by Linz. Oh yeah, Linz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Linz Hepner. We love Linz. We love Linz. She brought a very special guest. Quentin Rampage Jackson. It was awesome. Yeah. Awesome Blossom. And uh, we had a fucking awesome podcast with him. It was <laughs> like, it was a little different from what everyone's probably used to. The gloves were off, so to speak. Um, and it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was cool. And it was funny <laughs> when he got to the trailer. He was like, are we going to fit in there? I'm like, one way to find out. Let's get in there. Um, yeah, it was my first time meeting him in person. Uh, we had just texted before that and Linz is obviously a great friend with him. And we got there and got, had a little bit of time to kind of like break the ice and hang out and introduce to everybody. And, and, uh, he was, he was just awesome. He was really funny, uh, very open, uh, and, and just like what he's just him, you know, who, which is a badass UFC world champion, you know? Uh, knocked out Chuck Liddell twice. Yeah. Chuck, we love you, man. Um, and you're also a yeah. badass. We got, I'm, we're also going to get Chuck. I'll, I'll hit up Chuck to get come on the podcast, too. Don't you um, hate it, though, when you're like talking about sports and like I say something like that and I sound like I'm being mean to Chuck when it's like, no, it's just it's, it's it's a great sport. I'm just trying to. It's a great career uh, uh, highlight for, for Rampage, for sure. And I think, um, you know, I was reading up, and it's, you know, I think it's something I actually forgot to ask him, and I, I would want to get some clarification on it, but I think that he was offered uh, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, the UFC Hall of Fame, because of that fight, and I think he turned it down. Um, so I, I wanted to get some insight on that. So we'll have to bring him back on at some point and kind of talk about that. But yeah, but you heard him talk about it. You know, he's like, it's not something that he felt good about. It, but it was great for his career. You know, and it's it's one of those things because Chuck is just such a legend as well. But yeah, we yeah. get we get deep with uh, with Rampage, and we have some really interesting, hilarious. Uh, you know, which you guys will see, or you already have seen by now. Um, you know, stories from him, and then great ideas too. As far as like, he's a, he's a very creative dude as well. Yeah, I think producing any type of show with him would be really fun. Um, I definitely was not joking when he's like, do you want to produce a reality TV show? I'm like, dude, of course, why not? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, I um, there's it it um, there were a lot of very serious moments, and then there were a lot of very 
funny moments. And, and um, you know, I think that hopefully makes for a good episode, right? Because you kind of can, you kind of go on a journey and, and feel a lot of different things. But, but yeah, my, my favorite part was um, when he's like, you know what? I thought you guys were going to be douchebags and two good looking dudes. I'm coming in and uh, you actually ended up being really cool. And, and I go, you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty and uh, you're the man. Yeah, he was really cool, man. I thought it was hilarious that uh, Linz was in the background the whole time. All right. And so she, today she was laughing when I sent it to her. She was like, what the heck? I'm in the whole thing. And I'm like, what? Do you think you were hidden the whole time? She thought she was completely hidden. And I'm like, no, you're, you're in the background. Which is why I wanted to call it out in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But it just makes it that much funnier. It's another unique podcast under our belt. Um, That's for sure. Yeah. And then. So thank you again, Rampage. Yeah. And that went a couple hours. You know, it's funny when we got out of it, uh, which maybe we can put some footage in here, hopefully, is when we got out, there was all these people that were waiting for Rampage to come out. And um, a couple of them had a couple too many margaritas. But it was just funny seeing everyone interact after the, after the fact. And, you know, we drew a crowd with that, which was really cool. And that's, you know, kind of what we wanted anyways with what we were doing, you know? Yeah. It's a great way to, to meet people, meet fans, and, and network and to get a unique experience that, you know, it's not like they'd be sitting in this room with us, right? But at Comic-Con, they get to see something that they don't normally get to do. So I thought that was, a, that was cool for them, you know? It's cool for us, too. It's cool to see that. Yeah, so after that epic podcast, we went back to the Rogue Matter booth and signed more autographs, uh, sold some more comics, and um, it was about that time when one of my favorite ones of your fans, Chanel Blackwell, mm. she brought us so many cool gifts and merchandise and cookies and so many cool things. This is one of the mugs. It has McKenna tanning on the beach cane climbing a palm tree i remember where i was when i wrote this scene um it's the very very beginning of issue four of cane volume one and it reminds me of being on vacation and thank you chanel you are honestly like so sweet you let me borrow your iphone charger your portable one you let me take it home with you and then bring it back and thank God Brock remembered to bring it back <laughs> because you, I would have been so, I would have been so mad at myself if I forgot yeah. to do that. No, Chanel was the MVP of the weekend and yeah. had an incredibly beautifully made dress that she rocked the heck out of. And she got more photos than any other person there. Anybody I saw there, she got more photos. People just loved her everywhere she went. And Oh, yeah, like of her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was that character, Spencer? Tia? Tiana. Tiana. Tiana from what? Princess and the Frog. Yeah, she was, so she was Tiana from Princess and the Frog. Uh, she looked amazing. Yeah, looked incredible. And yeah, she brought us, you know, playing cards, which are incredibly difficult to make. These mugs are incredibly difficult to make. Um, she was telling me a little bit about the process, too. She brought, how many, what, three, four dozen cookies that she, she baked for us, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and was just the sweetest all around and, and hung out the whole weekend. And there were a couple of people we got to see over the weekend that was a lot of fun. But but Chanel, you know, shout out Chanel for, for bringing all the, the treats and the gifts and, you know, 
just being so awesome all around. 100%. And another shout out uh, real quick to Jennifer Selman, Dr. Selman. Um, She is going to be in the final issue of Kane from volume one um, from uh, supporting our, one of our very first crowdfunding campaigns. Um, So she will appear in the book and you know she was there at comic-con and that was really cool to see her in person yeah jennifer is so sweet and uh it's it's so cool being able to include somebody in the comic book in that way you know like uh it's it i feel like it just makes it more personal and it makes it cool to us like our one of our first campaigns we ever did right one of uh uh people who support us right out of the gate not only showed up to this event right but also invested in us invested in the comic book and then it uh now they're going to be in it right so that's going to be there forever you know um and the comic book volume uh is we we've got the full volume now right full volumes done 100 percent um mckenna volume one is done too wow we got a lot of comics coming out growing growing well that pretty much i mean between just meeting people and then and then that yeah that was saturday yeah that was saturday sunday, sunday. morning we sunday. get there nice and early we meet the rogue matter team um quick shout out to trent olson the amazing editor fantastic human being and total comic book nerd like us and a master storyteller um and yeah i just wanted to give trent a quick <laughs> shout out <laughs> he deserves it man he's such a cool dude yeah yeah um and yeah we had a lot of fun with him over the weekend too and just his knowledge on comic books and uh just just everything in that realm really is just i he's one of the most what's the right word prolific um i don't know i'm not gonna say i don't know what to say what's the right word he's just so like knowledgeable about comic book space and his passion for it shines through and that's why he's so great at what he does oh yeah Um, he he he, um you know helped john carpenter run his entire comic book studio and um was like a writer editor over there and um you know john carpenter i mean he's a legend so if you're over there in that mix you're doing something right yeah yeah And, and trent and then we've got roger uh minchef roger minchef you rascal you rascal you you silly goose um shout out to roger for you know one creating rogue matter right and then kind of bringing all these incredible people together um but also he really is a a great uh bringer together connoisseur of good vibes yeah witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. But, but even him, it was his first Comic-Con, right? And First Rogue Matter Comic-Con. Really? He's done about yeah with like image and all oh, like, like he was, oh, was yeah San Diego yeah. and stuff like that yeah 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 okay his own doing his first Comic Con he's always he's gone to plenty of Comic Cons but do, Roger doing his first Comic Con you know his idea his brain he's always coming up with different ideas and he's a very creative guy right so he was yeah. we were sitting there talking about it um, I believe on Sunday you know and just the amount that it's going to expand and by the next year is going to be incredible. He's talking about putting a full lounge in the booth and really interacting with people, having meetings, doing this, like uh, more more uh, interactive things, I think. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he comes up for next year. And same with us, too. You know, like uh, obviously we have the trailer, um, and that's going to expand, too. But I think we do more as a whole as with Kane, as Kane grows, um, with the trailer. And let's just keep ruminating ideas. And, and what do you guys think would be cool? You know, like what anybody who's watching, what do you guys think would be cool to experience at a Comic-Con? That's what makes it all worth it is when you get to meet everybody and hang out and kind of just have fun there. Yeah, let us know in the comments, like Brock is saying, um, any fun ideas to have at a booth or at a setup or, you know, merchandise, whatever it is. Um, But yeah, big shout out to Rogue and Amy, obviously, with marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Casey, our photographer, um, he's so talented. Defy Focus Photography. That's his uh, Instagram. We'll put it in the thing. Um, he's amazing. Obviously, we've mentioned we've me- obviously we've mentioned Spencer ad nauseum. So I won't give Spencer another shout out, but uh, shout out Spence Deasy. And. Um, no, seriously, huge thank you to Spencer. I'm not. I'm not even going to be a smartass there because, um, you know, without Spence, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did. And, um, yeah, and, lo- and it's a lot know. of work. It's a lot of work. You know, love you guys too. I'm not going to go that far, but 
<laughs> but now setting up and, and getting everything ready and make sure we got all the cables, making sure we got power supply. Um, oh, wait, I did that. Um, <laughs> oh, Brock just wants the credit oh now. Brock no, just wants the credit. No, Spencer, you did a great <laughs> job, man. And uh, it that's the whole thing. It takes a, it takes a team, man. And we, we have a really cool team that we've been able to kind of do this thing for, for quite some time now. We're only really warming up more than anything. Um, I think the signs of a healthy team is being able to give each other shit because if you don't do that, then uh, you, you just won't make it. Oh, that's healthy. Oh, then let's let's get this going, dude. Spencer, I gotta. Can I pull out this list really quick? With All you? Right, yeah, tell me. <laughs> um, no, which but then speaking of the podcast, right? And, and Spencer coming in and rocking it. Uh, we had a really we had our youngest guest to date. We had our youngest guest to date. Brock's twin brother, Connor Esterson, star of Spy Kids Armageddon on Netflix. Hilarious kid, extremely talented. Ten years old. Uh, you can tell from the podcast we did with him, he's very intelligent. He's very talented. Huge fan of anime, right? Loves One Piece. We were not, talking about One Piece for a while, yeah. yeah. And if you'll see in the episode too, he's like, not even the live action. He loves yeah. the actual anime. He's 700 episodes plus in. True which is, fan. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Um, but just a really, really good good kid, you could tell. And he's got a really bright future. And uh, it was cool to have him on and, you know, it's nice to see who's going to replace me in in the future. <laughs> but oh no, he's a he's a really good dude. So we were honored to have him on, and, and uh, it was fun to see somebody so young and talented um, and have such a great career so early on. And like how he is, how he interacts with people, right? What his interests are, and he's still a kid. You know, he's like enjoying childhood. Uh, my little brother's age. Yeah, yeah, and he. Uh, it's it's cool, man. It's really it's really cool to see, and I think I hope you found that toy he was looking for. You wanted to find the biggest toy in Comic Con, right? One hundred percent, dude. I well said, and I totally agree with you on everything. And you know, big thank you to Connor out there if you're listening, bud. You you're gonna you're gonna crush it, and you know, work hard in school. Listen to your parents. You have great parents and a good team, and a and a brother that loves you. Um, so keep it going, bud. And then we moved on. We this Sunday was our I would say our schedule wise our busiest day. So then right after that we moved, oh, yeah. we moved on to the panel with Rogue Matter. So we're walking to the panel and wouldn't you know it, Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee are in our seats and we have to wait for them to finish in order to go in. Mm. And I go, you know what? You did save all of Middle Earth. From certain death so we we could wait five minutes for you that's awesome it's funny you said that because i actually didn't know that that they saved middle earth no i know they saved middle <laughs> Earth. i didn't know they were in there oh you didn't i didn't see them oh dude yeah yeah like i knew we were waiting because there was a panel but i didn't see them in there yeah dude it was oh, like that's literally awesome. just the hobbits oh that's amazing i saw them on stage um oh the main main stage yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. i didn't know they were in there oh that's crazy that's so cool Sure. I would have rushed the stage and gone. No, I'm just kidding. No, I know, right? Like, no, they're they are what a bunch. I heard as a whole like that their group are just hilarious together. Um, but but crazy talented dudes and a part of one of the biggest and best franchises known to man, Lord of the Rings. And indubitably, indubitably. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that that well, <laughs> we <laughs> had the panel right after. 
We had the great panel right after. Yeah. We, uh, Deidre and Mike were the moderators, and we were with Donovan Carter, who played Vernon on Ballers. Yep. We were with Sherwin, who is a writer-director of uh, the show Lucifer. Multiple shows. Yeah, Lucifer is a great one. And then Chris. Can't forget Chris. Chris who, is awesome. Who, by the way, has had an amazing career um, in production and you know, what really struck me was his story about just, you know, couch surfing from friend to friend mm. and just never losing sight of the goal and then finally getting that big break and then working his tail off to get it done. And yeah, um, it was really cool to see because, you know, we work with all of them, but you, you don't really get a chance to deep dive like conversations in the office every day. Right. So yeah. um, getting getting a chance to hear you know donovan's story sherwin's story deidre's story about becoming a best-selling author with her book the watchers and she hit amazon's bestseller list that day that night uh with not only one but two of her books at the same time so during comic-con uh while we're sitting on that panel was her first day uh in amazon's uh top seller list for for two of her books simultaneously amazing and she's big shout out Deidre yeah her franchise uh, her book franchise that, that she wrote she has seven eight books with watchers yeah um, some incredibly fascinating and we've talked about this briefly I remember when we had Anna on but um, uh, personality wise I am an INFJ and she is too so we were geeking out over that because it's like a oh got it got rare it, got personality it. type right but but it made me more intrigued when I started listening to the way she thinks and then the way she writes and how she's writing these characters and interjecting that in a way into her story oh um, interesting yeah so like i'm excited to read the whole franchise i have her book here now and uh we're gonna dive into that too but meet, oh yeah yeah meeting so many people man and we have a good crew you know like we have a good good crew with rogue matters and a lot of creatives and people who have you know done some cool stuff even everything you shared man with with how you've made it in Hollywood or you're making it in Hollywood, right? And, you know, where you started as a PA and even at film school, you know, like, but you knew since early on, this is the path you want to go. And now you're sitting here, not only creating films, but creating comic books and creating, you know, universes. And uh, did you ever see your, your path, your career going that way? Well, it's interesting, man. Like, you know, obviously I always wanted to be a producer and, I, I never thought writing would be a part of it. Um, but the way I explained it was that I have a traditional path because the way I look at it is like I literally started kind of at the bottom as a PA and worked my way up to be a producer over like a 15 year span. Um, but Roger kind of took me aside after. He's like, dude, your path isn't traditional at all. He's like, at one point there was nothing and then you made something. And like, that's not traditional. Um, and I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, can you like say that for everybody? Like, um, or anybody who creates? Um, but I was just trying to think about what he said and think about what I've done. Um, I don't know. It. I kind of have to think about it a little bit more, but all I know is, you know, I'm grateful for everyone that I've ever worked with and anyone that's been on the path with me along the way. You, you do nothing yourself in life. And, you know, 
it's all about who you surround yourself with and who you find motivating and who you can motivate um 100 and now i'm i'm selling my second movie and have huge developments on my third movie so i'm gonna go basically go from like one film to film three um in a matter of like weeks from now yeah and that's what i've always heard is like you know you get your feet wet on the first one first film you do Right, and then the second one, you go in a little bit deeper, a little bit more. You're a little more invested in, in it to a different degree because you've learned a lot from the first one. And then the third one, you go all in. Um, and you, yeah, and that's what that's what I've heard. And it's funny because I feel like you're doing that organically, just, right? Just as you know, a natural progression uh, of your career, and also from everything you learned over the years, right? Because it's not like you just did one film and then that was it, and then you moved on. It's it's you've engulfed yourself in the industry in in multiple different ways, and now as a writer as well it's even more in depth um but so i think it's like you're doubling down as they say it always applies always i think that's one of the best names dude ever since i first heard it i was like damn ah, thank you names are so hard to come up with and i'm like double down genius freaking genius it's you know you know this but it's for jerry weintraub who was my yeah. biggest mentor for sure yeah loved so him cool. uncle jerry that's so cool man um what about you what was your favorite part of the panel did you did you like find what you shared to be um you know helpful or interesting or were you kind of just like no this is my path and i just shared it well i didn't really yeah i know because i feel like the way that we were pitched doing the panel was different than how we did it um so i kind of went in even with that it's much like acting i would say in the sense of and it's very different than acting but in the sense of you actors react that's that's what can make a very great actor is is your ability to react to something um and making authentic and real and so when they started asking questions i didn't i didn't know what was coming next but it was just i was just there and at first i started off like dude i hate public speaking I hate being in front of like it's I don't want to say hate maybe that's not the right word but it's something that I haven't I, I mean I'm like introverted dude and I'm and I never do it and it's not something like I can put on a camera put on a show and I can become a character that's not me that's the character I can do whatever the heck I want when it's me I'm like <laughs> so it made from the first time I opened my mouth on the panel to the last time I was incredibly more comfortable so I like it in that sense because I want to get good at public speaking. That's like something I want to work on and uh, develop as a skill set, you know, because it's a very great one to have, I think, especially, you know, like imagine one day I get a big award for something. I'm not saying that's ever going to happen, but if it does, I would love to be able to give a good speech, you know, confidently. Um, but as far as like sharing stuff, I think everyone shared really unique stuff. Chris, I think, was very open and vulnerable. Uh, Sherwin shared some really cool, his, his path about giving himself a deadline, and that deadline actually is what moved the needle for him as, as a career path, in his career path, to make things happen. Um, Deidre as well, and Donovan too, you know, he cut from the Raiders, his path of not really knowing where he was going to go next, and then it turning it organically into uh, film and TV, but still having to go through the process of auditioning over and over and over again. Um, but it's just it's there's a linear path between all of us even with with you that you share too it's like you have to not give up on it you got to believe in yourself and you got to put in the work to do it and that was a common thread right yeah one of the things that i wish i shared on that panel is a quote i heard from my mentor uh, one of my mentors a long time ago was it's hard to get to the top 
it's even harder to stay there. And when I think about that, I'm like, it's hard for everybody to get there. You know, it's hard for everyone to make their dream come true. It's not like it just gets handed to you. Some people get lucky and they hit waves and stuff, but they're still working. And then to get there and to stay relevant and to stay on top of your game and to get better at the same time, like you, you really have to put some effort in, you know, and that's kind of why they say, you know, the people at the top are some of the strongest people you're going to meet in Hollywood specifically, I feel, because they've been through so much and, and the high level rejection and it's a, it's a, you know, if the whole world's looking at you, things become a little more sensitive, right? So yeah, a lot of people depending on you for their jobs, depending on you for their families, you know, you have to manage all of what's going on on a production and make sure everyone's getting taken care of and paid and everything's on time. And, you know, you, you got to carry that with you for sure. But I, lo I love what you said there, that common thread of, of not giving up. I think that's really true. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Um, oh, and Trent and Trent, like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, him sharing about how, you know, his sisters were starring on Full House when they were kids. And, you know, obviously Elizabeth being Scarlet Witch now um, and how that's affected him being such a passionate comic book fan and um, such a good writer and all that. I, I thought that was cool. Trent, not, you know, I never really talk about that with Trent. I, mm. I talk to him probably four or five hours a week over the phone or on Zoom talking about arcane stories and, you know, um work but you know it was cool to hear him kind of open up about that a little bit yeah it was really cool and i think that was that whole panel you know everyone kind of opened up and got a little bit vulnerable and i think um that's what made it cool that's what made it unique and and that's what i enjoyed about it too you know and then seeing your little brother dude yeah. out there in the crowd like your you know your dad and your mom showed up and uh we had rj uh, from from Price.com, who we had on the podcast as well. Um, oh, Anna, that Star Wars girl. Yep. She was there. Shout out, Anna. Um, Joe Hamake and Danica, the yep. comic comic book girl, 19. Yep, which which was really cool. And then they had the panel right after, right? But yep. Right before we get to that, uh, your brother being there. Yep. I can imagine being in his shoes to a degree. Um, I don't think they'd fit very well. Um, but being in his shoes and seeing your older brother doing what he loves doing something he's passionate and building a dream right and he's watching it in real time and he gets to experience he gets to see you doing these things at comic-con and you know being on a panel with people and uh like that those are things to me that that you know are like become core memories that he gets to hold on to as his life develops and as he develops as a, as a young man and um i think all those things are inspiring and like very very cool and even your dad too man your dad getting to see that it's like and, and your mom as well, you know, like everyone there, they're supporting you. And it's, it's really cool to see that, uh, you know, family dynamic and um, what you're doing. Like you're really on your path, man. So that's uh, my, my hat's off to you. <laughs> that was a great panel. Thank you for saying that. So we went to, we ran down to get food with RJ and them. And uh, we went to our friends panel. Anna, that Star Wars girl and Danica comic book girl 19 x i x um she was on a panel they were both on with chris gore from film threat and gary from nerdrotic and they they kind of had like a the title of it was why 99 percent of hollywood films are garbage 
or, or modern films, one of the two. And it was kind of funny, you know, to hear a topic like that, right? Like sometimes to hear people pick things apart um, can be entertaining. And, and it was, it was entertaining. I think like you don't have to agree with everything, but they're funny. They're great entertainers. They do it for a living. They're all very famous YouTubers. Um, and Danica was in our horror film, The Resort, that she had a really cool role in that. And it was really fun working with her on our movie. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, man, we've seen Gary and Chris Gore, like, three Comic-Cons in a row because I saw him at San Diego. We saw him last year. Mm -hmm. And then we saw him this year. There, I think Gary went from like 300,000 subs to almost a million um, in like the last year or two. Nope, that's really good growth. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I just, I, you know, it's it's, interesting listening to people's perspectives on things right like whether you agree with it or not i think it's interesting because you get to hear a different line and i think they're coming from a very much like fans of film you know fans of tv and and i think that from everything they were saying that they're not necessarily happy which is kind of why the title makes sense right not happy with the types of films that are being made and i think we've had that discussion before of you know you got to listen to the fans you got to listen to the people that actually watch your shows and you got to make into a degree. I mean, I think as an artist, you should make whatever art you want. Right. But if you're working on these franchise films or you're developing it, you have a big, it's not like a one-off that indie film that you're passionate about. You want to go make, if you're, if you're, you have a corporation and you're making these things, you should listen to the fans, you know, and you should give the fans what they want. And then that way you keep the fans and then you grow more fans and then you build that fan base. You know, it's like the same thing that I did, early on much different but same thing i did with social media is i kept feeding into what was working right um so that i could grow that fan base otherwise i would have just it would have fizzled out it wouldn't have gone anywhere right wouldn't my career wouldn't be where i'm at right now i wouldn't be sitting in this seat um but it's because you know you you listen to people and you take the information but also still you know doing your thing um but yeah to hear that from them uh and i think a lot of people obviously have, you know they got big fan bases right agree with them so right um, I think we sit on, on the side of also as fans of film and TV, but creatives in the sense that like, I want to make film and TV for the rest of my life. So you, I listen to things like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's what they don't like about that. Okay. That's good to know moving forward with things I create, you know, like, yeah. and make things for, you know, cause you love it. Totally. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about it much more. I think you did a great job of explaining that. Um, but it's essentially like, can you name one other business where you don't listen to the customer and go as far as like telling the customer they're wrong <laughs> and like being like, well, you know, we don't really care what the fans think, you know? Yeah, I think you got a point. It's if you're, con if you're, I mean, definitely not any like product type co company, right? Because they would only want to innovate to make it better for the customer, I think. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, you have a point with that for sure. But anyway, yeah. Uh, after that, after that, we went to our booth again and signed more comics, took more pictures, and then we had our main stage announcement, which was really, really fun and really cool. 
It was the main stage of LA Comic Con. We're up there, massive crowd. Everyone's, eh, Will, take your shirt off, take your shirt off. <laughs> and we have the microphones. We step up. We start talking about the comic books and Kane and all that. And I'm getting everyone pumped up, talking about being in the heart of Hollywood, the heart of LA, being right next to where the Lakers play. Yeah, man. The hype man. The, I was the hype man. And then, I, and then I'm like, give it up for my man, Brock O'Hearn. Woo. And, and I came in. Like a like, like a, a bat out of hell, <laughs> like a bat out of hell, and I just uh, I blacked out. I think I told everyone they're beautiful and I love them, <laughs> and then to watch our awesome trailer, something like that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it's kind of close. You you gave right. um you gave the cosplayers a big shout out because the cosplayers did show out. Oh yeah, I mean we don't you don't have Comic Con um, without cosplayers, and I and the amount of effort and energy that goes into. Some of these people are creating themselves. Some of them are just buying a Spider-Man outfit off of Amazon or something. I don't know where they're getting it from. Some of them are, are making these for years over time, 3D printing some of this stuff. And it's like, man, you see this, and it's like the amount of energy and effort that goes into that is just phenomenal. And then to yeah. have the confidence and the courage to walk around in that stuff, you know, and uh, to be in an environment where everyone's doing it and they're all enjoying it as well. It's like it's just cool to see that ecosystem. It's like Comic-Con LA is really, truly its own ecosystem. Um, and then you get to be engulfed in all of this, all of these worlds. You know, everything from, you know, animes like One Piece to Pokemon to Spider-Man and like everything in between you could possibly imagine. But, um, and people are creating on every level too. That's the cool thing. It's like, it's a giant trade show, uh, trade show, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're seeing people at the beginning levels and then the highest levels and everything in between. So... Yeah, it's just like if you are a fan of anything in that realm, it's worth checking out at least once in your life, you know, and um, and even getting involved in too. If if that's something that you're working in the space or want to develop in the space, or even just come in as a fan too. Um, but yeah, a lot of really cool stuff. And I think uh, I think it was all I can say is you know we did Comic Con last year and we got our feet wet. We got to experience a little bit of it, right? And then this year we like dove in deep and had an incredible experience. I think it was a very big success. We met a lot of great people checked off everything that we wanted to do going in right and only for us to line up for even more even better next year i think well said for sure we um i really enjoyed our collector edition issue ones of kane we have a few left and they're not for sale so we're gonna have to figure out what to do with them we might do some fun giveaways maybe We'll do a giveaway right now, actually. Let's do a giveaway. That's a great idea. We have, we have some collector edition, issue one, special edition Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, comics to give away. So if you go to our Kane Comic Universe Instagram page, which will be linked in this description, go to the post that is about this giveaway. You'll see it. Tag three people, any people you want, in the post regarding the giveaway, you'll see the black cover for the special edition and repost it to your story. That's all you got to do. And then you enter to win a chance. Yeah. So pop on, tag three people, and repost your story. And you'll get a signed copy of the LA Comic Con black cover special edition. Do you have a favorite part 
of the weekend? I mean, it's tough because I really enjoyed like, you know, my mom and dad and little brother there and my family like sitting there for our panel. I think that was really special sitting right next to you and like both of us being able to share our stories together with my family right there, you know, who considers you like my brother too. Mm -hmm. Um, The fourth Meldman. 100%. Or fifth or sixth, there's something like that. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Fowler yeah. and you and Travis and Scotty. Okay, I'm like 10th, 12th, <laughs> whatever. At least I'm one. <laughs> no, no. I'm one of the family. Um, but that that was like just a really special moment. But then like, you know, meeting all, meeting everybody and it, it was full of special moments. I'm not even going to pick one because it was full of them. Yeah, the whole event was special and unique in its own right. We've been looking forward to it all year, you know? Um, and I would say this, I would say similar to what you said. I mean, obviously my family wasn't there. Um, what the heck family? What the, what the heck guys? You know, all you had to do was be there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my favorite part honestly was, was meeting everybody meeting, you know, seeing how far some, like some, some people, you know, traveled across the country. Yeah. Dude. Uh, literally, you know, pulling all nighters to get there and, um so grateful we got to meet them see them sometimes we were gonna like there was days where i was gonna leave early like friday for example and then because we stayed met people that were only there on friday you know right um so things like that kept working out and i felt like we met a lot of people i don't know how many we missed took a ton of photos signed a bunch of copies got a bunch of copies out there of the comic book and um but all in all just had fun and i think you know without having fans there supporters friends um some of those are sometimes all one and the same um it doesn't make it that any it doesn't you can, we don't have that without that you know and i think people coming out of or going out of their way to come support us and show up is just like that means everything to me you know and i've had that conversations with people too i had that conversation at comic-con you know like um so many times people will meet people like fans of people will meet the the people that they're fans of it's a little tongue twister almost feels like but they'll be jerks you know and it ruins that moment that that you know that fandom it ruins those moments and then it like takes it robs them of that and i try to explain it to people is like even if you're having a bad day put on that face you know you have if you have to if that's what you have to do um some people are just i'm genuinely excited to meet people and i genuinely love connecting with people and and hearing their stories and and hearing where they come from and why they where they first heard of me why they're there supporting me whatever it may be and um like if you can make somebody's day and if they're going out of their way to do that you know i, I know as it gets bigger and bigger more people it gets harder to do and make it more personal but if you can take that time out of your day or your moment, you know, which is the whole reason of us being there. I think um, it makes all the difference to somebody, and I think uh, to never take that for granted, you know. Um, and that's kind of where I'm coming from, in the sense that anybody who showed up, whether it was one person or a hundred thousand, um, I think it's the coolest thing in the world, and that's what makes all of this possible with Comic Con in general, um, or anything into that matter uh, that's in the entertainment space. Is like if you don't have fans, then you don't have a, a career, <laughs> you know. Yeah, man. Well said. I, 100%. And it's amazing to see. And um, I can I can definitely feel that I to be able to premiere an animated trailer mm. um, that, you know, I wrote and worked on for three months. And, you know, you came in and, 
we've recorded together for it. Um, and you know, putting all that time and effort into that thing to bring our comic book to life. I mean, that, that was really special too. Um, I second that for sure. It's funny because it's like, you know, I've, you, we've worked on movies that are super long or, you know, even short films are 20 minutes. And, and this was like a little 60 second trailer, but it was like bringing the fictional world that I've written to life. And like, I've always been a producer. I've never been a writer. So like that was the first thing other than just art that I've seen of mine come to life in mm. terms of writing. Right. So like that was definitely a special moment too. And like put a ton of work into that. You did too. Um, and it, that was really freaking cool. And I think I'm going to be chasing that feeling for the mm -hmm. rest of my life and mm -hmm. writing a lot more stuff to appear yeah. in video format. Um, and yeah, the, the trailers live on our Instagram on the studio podcast, studio 22 podcast, Instagram and the Kane comic universe, Instagram. And, um, there's going to be a whole lot more of that stuff coming. So, you know, way more to come. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that too. Like, I think that was so cool to see that, see people's reactions live to the first time ever experiencing it. And it was funny because looking in the crowd as we're watching it, I saw people when as soon as it started playing just kind of like gravitate in and it, the crowd just grew bigger and bigger and bigger in a short amount of time, you know, 60 seconds, right? But it really gathered some attention. Anybody that's seen it since uh, that I've actually got to interact with um, has said amazing things. And, and I agree with you. Like the first thing that we fell in love with with the comic book was like taking this idea and not having to wait three years for it to be developed into a film. You have this comic book. And so we have art, visual medium art, almost way quicker readily available but then when you see it in a video format uh an animated format it just takes it to that next level right and then imagine the feeling when it's a full-length show or imagine the feeling when it's a you know a live action pilot or whatever it may be it just kind of keeps growing 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 so it's like like you're saying chasing that feeling i'm with you on that one and that's why we do what we do and why we're here right so oh yeah we're, just gonna, we're gonna keep it rocking and uh, once again, like huge thank you to Lineage Digital and Alana Rodriguez over there and Blake Armstrong and the rest of the team. Um, they brought that thing to life in a matter of, uh, you know, a month or two. Um, and they worked super hard on it. And thank you guys. And thank you to Anthony Rodriguez as, as well over at um, Lineage and, and the whole team at Rogue and Roger, you put together a great team, and we love working with everyone over there. Heck, yeah. And just for reference, the fact that they got it done as quick as they did and on time um, it only pays more homage to their ability and their skill set and, and how professional they are because something like that very easily could go over uh, and take way longer, and they got it done and handled. And that is like those are the type of people that you want to work with and you know, hire or partner with or whatever it may be. And, and they did an incredible job at the same time. Like, and everyone's equally as fired up. That's what you want to, you know, like when you're working with someone, if they're just as excited as you are, you're in good company. 100%. All right, all right. Don't forget to participate in the giveaway. Go to the Kane Comic Universe Instagram, the giveaway post, tag three friends, repost on your story, 
Chance to Win Special Edition Issue 1 Collectors. And now, for your viewing pleasure. Don't, no, no, no. Don't, no, no, no. The Godzilla. Yeah. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. See you when we see you. Gods gamble with the lives of their creations, watching the chaos safely from the heavens. I come from a family bloodline blessed and cursed alike. A family tree that dates back to the gods themselves. Little did I know, a punishment for tricking a god would be the birth of a race to haunt the world for centuries. There have been generations of humans with enhanced abilities, family lines vested with extraordinary power that can alter the course of human history. These humans, my family, are the world's only protection against the beasts who seek to destroy us, make us bend the knee. I don't bend the knee! Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.